Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com. Anything really about community. And so we are really, as the Church of Jesus Christ, we are what we call, we're a subculture. Now let me just say this quickly. If you think you can just go to a church, quote, church meeting on Sunday, and that's Christianity, I'm afraid it's not possible. Because with the culture that's constantly molding us, day in and day out, if you and I are not part of a strong subculture that stands together for the values of Christ and stands together to support and strengthen each each other against the culture, the values of the culture that we're getting constantly bombarded with, you can never really, really be a disciple of Jesus Christ. So I want you to know, this isn't just about, when I say I'm glad you're here, we're glad you're here. We're glad that God has brought you here, and, and we, we hope you find this uh, home. We hope that this becomes home to you. Because we need you, and, and you need us. We really need one another in the body of Christ. And, you know, one of the things, if you hang around here long enough, you know, one of our burdens is that we, we don't believe in, in uh, you know, there's a special group of Christians, and they're the ones with all the gifts, and everybody else are just spectators. spectators. Uh, we believe that is absolutely anti-biblical. That's one of the reasons we do open church. Open church is really warfare against the enemy. It's, it's, it's us saying we believe that every member of the body of Christ is anointed and called of God. Yes, please. Yes. Amen. And just because we have different functions doesn't mean anyone is better than another calling. We're just different. We're different. And unfortunately... Because the, we've adopted this mindset in America, well, it's not just America, but really America, we have a very passive spectator church that feels like people come in and they sit on a chair and they say, okay, what are they going to say or talk about today? And, you know, what are they going to sing today? And, and there's a place for that. I mean, the early church met for the apostles' teaching. It was kind of like a setup like this. They sat and, and those that had gifts to teach taught them. But the real church was they met daily in each other's homes. They did life together. That was the church. Brothers and sisters, that's what turned Rome upside down. They never saw people love each other like the church. They never saw interracial people come together. They saw slave and free come together. They said, what is this? We've never seen this before. And that's what the world's waiting to see in the church. That's why this morning is a different kind of a meeting. We have some people that we want to, we've asked you to uh, please uh, respond. If you had a testimony that you wanted to give back to God and you wanted to thank God in the house of the Lord, together among your brothers and sisters, to get magnify him and talk about him and say, you know what, I want everybody to know he has been so good to me. This is what God's done for me, and I want to shout it from the housetops. And that's what this kind of meeting is. 
You can clap for that too. You're going to give me a swelled head by the time I sit down. Amen. Amen. It's really, it's more than just, you know, again, it's warfare. Let me just quickly read you a few verses before we, we start. You know, this, you know this story. It's from the Gospel of Luke, 17th chapter, 11th verse. And now it happened as he went to Jerusalem. This is the Lord Jesus himself. He's on his way to Jerusalem for the last time. He's about to be crucified uh, shortly. And he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. You know Samaria and the Jews, they, they were enemies, right? And then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that they went, they were cleansed. The Gospel of Mark says he reached out his hand and he touched them. Now one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned. And with a loud voice, glorified God. Do you think there's going to be loud voices in heaven? Think? Think? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Glorified God. And he fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the other nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Use your imagination for a minute. You've been a leper. You understand what absolute horror it would be to be a, uh, to be a leper? Not only the horror it does to a body, but the isolation that you would live with. You would be absolutely isolated from people. You had a new group of, of family. It was the other lepers. And isn't that interesting? All of a sudden, the Samaritans and the Jews, if you were a leper, you know what? You didn't care who the guy next to you, whether he was a Samaritan or a Jew. Isn't it amazing how trouble has a way of making you drop all those labels and all those things when you find out you're just human beings struggling? But the first nine, could you imagine? They looked at their skin. I don't know. Maybe they got new limbs back again if they had lost them. But they, they had to look at themselves what would that feel like if that were you and you had those dirty rags on you and you had the smell, the stench was just unbearable and suddenly you start to walk and you start to realize that you're, you're, your skin is like a baby's. What did they do? They probably ran home to their families. Can you imagine picking up their children up in the air and saying, I can, be, I, can, I can come back again. I can live with people. I mean, can you imagine? Uh, yeah. They had a blessing, okay. But one person not only got healed of leprosy, but got the biggest gift of all, got a relationship with Jesus Christ worshipped him and gave him thanks and brought it to his feet. Brothers and sisters, this Thursday people all over this country are going to be getting around 
dining room tables. Are we just like them? Are we just, you know, well, everybody gets around here, we're Americans, we get around the table, and we all eat turkey, and we all, you know what, we know who to thank, don't we? We know who to thank this Thursday. And I want to tell you something. You know, they're fighting in Washington about entitlement, you know, the, all the talk about, as Americans, we're, you know, we feel we're entitled to everything. And there's the big discussion about that, isn't there? I don't know. Maybe these nine people thought they were just entitled, and it's about time God showed up because they had been praying. You know, we have to fight that kind of a mindset in our country. It takes humility. I, I want to tell you, in my sane moments, and I see clearly, one of my kids walks out of a doctor's office with a good reporter. I walk out of the doctor's office, or I walk out, and I want to tell you, when I'm, when I'm sane, I'm not so spiritual that I say it all the time, but when I'm sane, this is what I say. I say, God, I deserve nothing. I didn't deserve that. But thank you for your mercy in my life. I don't deserve it, but you are a good God and a wonderful Father. Brothers and sisters, God is a good God, and his blessings are amazing. But you know what? Very often, they're not overnight. How many of you have had to wait a period of time before you saw God come in while you were waiting on him? Uh-huh, yeah, that's the story. And if you're one of those people today, and one of those dark voices are talking to you, and you're waiting, and you're saying, where is God? Where is he? I've been praying. Don't you give up. Don't you give up. God's waiting to the exact right moment to bless you. Well, we're so grateful. We got responses, and we wish we could have everybody up here this morning who responded. We can't, but... Um, we certainly want to have a few of you. And uh, uh, Joe's right, my favorite, our favorite kind of meetings. We get a chance to, um, we get a chance to see what God's doing in the lives of, uh, in your lives. We know some of you real well. Some of you, do we, we don't. But a testimony builds up your brothers and sisters. And I'm going to ask for the first per people to come up. I'm going to ask Ofer and Pearl, are you here? You, uh, there they are. Come on up. You guys, come on up. Thank you so much for responding. Uh, we're just, we had the... I'm so sorry. I didn't know. That. Okay. They're leaving. So good to see you. So good to see you. We'll, okay. We're going to release those. I thought they were staying, but okay. Good. Look at those little people. I don't mean the teachers. I mean the kids. We had the pleasure of dedicating um, Elani, El, Eliana. That's right. You spell that E-L-I-A-N-A. -A -A, right. Uh, two weeks ago. And uh, we're so glad. How long has it been since you've been hanging out here and sitting on the hill? Um, I would say... Uh, about 14 months. About 14 months. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You come to us from? Um, I completed my PhD at uh, Virginia Tech, and um, after that I got a job at BNL, so I moved over here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right, yeah. And uh, you've been a Christian for a long while? Or something? I would say yes. Yes? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. 
Yeah. What is it exactly, uh, what particularly did you want to thank God for this time? Um, God has been so good, um, good to us um, as a family. And uh, there are so many things I can thank God for, you know, just the everyday stuff. But this morning, I just want to share with you some of the key things that I think he's done um, since January um, of, of this year, you know. And um, usually, I don't give testimonies. <laughs> I responded not to be able to come up, but... <laughs> We're so glad you did. And you're just he, with family here. So you're oh, just, okay. Yeah. And I'm the first person now. <laughs> yeah, we pulled you up first. Yeah. That was kind of cruel, huh? I but I believe... Um, Testimony is a way of giving glory to God. Sometimes we have to tell our story for our brothers and sisters to know what is going on in our lives and to let others know that God is real. He is really real. And um, looking back, starting from January, um, he opened a door to me, a door that I wasn't looking up to. And actually, it was a friend who kept calling me and say, you got to apply for this job. You have to. And he was applying for the same job. And it, it, it was a very competitive position, you know, to be a professor at a university. And um, I applied. And I, I would say the favor of God was really upon my application. I went through all the interview stages. I went on campus. I did everything. Eventually, I got a call that I've been offered a position. But then again, I felt I wasn't ready anyway. But God has a way of doing things in so many ways. He's very mysterious. Even though I didn't accept that job, it opened up another window. And he blessed me and my family with that. So I'm very grateful. You know, going through it step by step is just the favor of God. I didn't deserve it. I, I knew some people that were better than me that applied the same job, but they didn't make it. So I'm really, really grateful to God about that. He also blessed my family with a beautiful baby girl, Eliana. Yeah. And Woo! we, are, we, are, we yeah. are very thankful of that. We, we, we're very thankful of that. Yeah. And um, one thing I also want to say is sometimes we have a list of things that we want God to do in our lives. But um, he may decide not to answer everything. Because actually, I had three things that I wanted God to do this year. I got two answers. One wasn't answered. But I feel like sometimes we need to upgrade <laughs> to, to understand God and to know him better. Sometimes if you have a software that you don't have the updates right, it doesn't work right. Yeah, that's right. If, yeah, so I think we always have to upgrade ourselves and to understand God better. Why? He didn't answer that question because his timing is the best. That's right. Yeah. So in a nutshell, um, I just want to say thank you to God for his favor, for his blessings, for his mercy, for all the good things that he's done. He's protected us. He's ordered our footsteps, and uh, we're very grateful for that. Oh. So, um, thank and we you. are so grateful, grateful that you have found City on a Hill because we're really glad to have you. Yeah. Thank you for having us here. <laughs> Yeah, you know, gratitude says that it's a gift, that it's a gift, and that really all that we have is really 
a gift. Uh, when we stop seeing life as a gift, right, um, it really changes our, our, our mindset can really become sour. You know, I'm just totally jumping out of order, but I just feel like you need to come up after his testimony about the job, Naeem, even though Naeem was put on standby and wasn't even knowing if he was going to come up here. I think you should come next. Tell us a little bit about what you've been going through. Oh, geez. Okay. Um, I'm going to just echo everything that he just said, that God is just so good and so faithful. Um, The long Reader's Digest version of my story is basically that um, I got a new job uh, as the director of uh, West Hampton Beach's school uh, child nutrition program. Woo! And, uh, you know, it's funny... um, especially with this church. And see, this is why I don't jump in because I get all emotional. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yes, yes. One of the things that I am so grateful for um, is that God sees my blind spots and he gives me this church to handle my blind spots because throughout the entire process of waiting and praying, putting on applications, you know, before this job came, a really, another job was offered. And that wasn't something that I kept to myself. The prayer team knew about it. My parents, my pastors knew about it. My friends knew about it. I was getting texts going into my interview, going into my second interview. It was a weird thing to happen because the boss that I was currently work- working for knew more about it than I did. Like, talk about inside track. He's like, oh, you're one of three people who might be getting the job, you know. And, um, you know, it didn't come through. And immediately after it not coming through, I was consoled and encouraged and rebuilt back up. So then this next thing came up, and it was all favor. It was all just a wash. I went in for my second interview thinking, I don't know how many people I'm competing against with for this one, and they offered me it, and they said, you look surprised. I said, I saw the other names on the list. And they said to me, there are no other names on the list for your position. You're the only person we called back. Mm. And that's all favor. It's all God. He, he sees it, and he, he, again, he has, the, he has the right timing, the right place. Yeah. If I, had got, if I had gone the other way, I would have been under way more stress and way more pressure. And uh, he's given me something not only that I can handle, that I can learn and grow in, um, but just, just, just a, I don't know, he, just, he, knew, he knew exactly what I needed. Yeah, and, you know, for everybody else, I, you know, I don't know how many people are, can identify with that, especially on the financial end, because um, this is a financial step forward. Um, God sees it. He hears you. He hears the prayer. He hasn't forgotten about you. He is a faithful, good God. And if you're here and you are keeping things like that to yourself, I invite you. This is a body. The body will carry you. The body will pray for you. It will give you encouragement. They can't be in the room with you, but they can do be just about everywhere else. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised. So I, I'm just so grateful. Uh, I think we were in that room with you. I don't know what you think, but I think we were. Congratulations, Diane. Mike Fetro, feel like that that uh, that show on on TV. Come on up. You know we should connect people for new people. We don't know who the the married partner is. Michelle, raise your hand. Uh, they go together. This is a match set. I, I do not see Kristen. Am I right? She's not here. Okay, I would have switched mics, Mike. <laughs> Um, How long have you and Michelle been here at City on the Hill? 25 years? I think it's five. Five? Feels like 25. Um, That was wonderful, both both testimonies. And uh, I was uh, 
when I spoke to you on uh, mm -hmm. Thursday, <clears throat> I wanted to talk about something very particular. Um, but to start off, I, I, I'm, I am, they hear me. <laughs> I'm very grateful for you, all of you, and for you, mm. and, and James and, and Joseph. Um, God has brought us, both Michelle and I, to this place, and it has changed our life in so many ways. The wonderful people that we've, we've met, the understanding that we have of God, which I never had. Um, it's just been wonderful. It's, it's, been a, it's been a great opportunity for us to get to know God and to get to spend time with people of God. But the thing that I'm most grateful for in my life is her. We're going to make her cry. It's going to make me cry. Um, we've had a, 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 a tough going in our life. And not as tough as Jesus or a lot of other people. But with the grace of God and the grace of our friends and the love that we have for each other and the way that God brought us together, it's just at one point... Uh, I was a knight in shining armor. Well, that has changed completely. And she has become the knight in shining armor. And I am just so grateful for her. Uh, she makes it worthwhile. And I love her. It's amazing when you give your life to Jesus Christ, he touches every aspect of it. Marriages, relationships, your job, it's all his. Let's listen to this. Let's listen to this song. Lord, I come into your holy place. Stand in awe of your cleansing grace. Who am I that you would care for me? Glorify the one who died for me. Glorify, glorify. Let your name be lifted. Another family I feel like has been with us for many, many years. How long? Which number? How do I know which mic? This one? Give her this one. How long have you guys been with us? Five years. Five yeah, years as well. I've been here five ah. years. Thank you. Raise your hand so she knows who you go with. Everybody knows who you go with. Uh, she knows who she goes with, but Morgan, of course. And David. He's home. Well, I was invited to share the goodness of God, and um, I could go on for a very long time. Um, but I thought a year ago today, I was just coming home from St. Luke's Hospital. I had a condition that's crazy rare, and the doctors don't really know a whole lot about it. They don't know what causes it or if it'll ever go away. And It comes and it goes, and um, 
It's excruciating pain. It's called glossopharyngeal neuralgia. I had it for eight years. I still can't spell it. <laughs> um, four of those years that I suffered with this illness, uh, I had Jesus in my heart. And um, I, you know, I praised him in my storm, and I never questioned why. I just, as Paul would say, kept pressing on. Uh, my husband found this doctor for me and three years, four years ago, and he gave me a prescription that worked and bought me some time. And um, brain surgery is not an easy decision, and um, a couple more episodes, and I had decided that it was time to do just that. The side effects are uh, radical. People lose their hearing, their voice, slurred speech, drooling. Um, with a lot of prayer, prayer team and church family, we, we pressed on, and I was one of the fortunate ones. People come out with those side effects and still suffer from the symptoms. So, um, favor of God, I was healed. And um, my symptoms are minor and manageable, but the story doesn't end there. Uh, the enemy, he knows our weaknesses. And he knew exactly how to get me back on my knees. And he tried to pull me away from my relationship with God through my health. And I had another health hurdle. Um, two surgeries in 10 months. And the second surgery, again, was really not justified. It just happened, and it should have been mild, but it was major. And again, God showed up and healed me completely and he covered every single detail he moved up appointments and opened up the surgery room and my husband who's never had health insurance had insurance that the doctor took he wouldn't take mine he took his and just every single detail was was covered and um i ha have one more thing like really pressing on to share that when I would partake in the table, back to the first illness, um, dry foods, my own saliva, anything, everything triggered. And so even when I was in the midst of an episode, partaking in the elements would trigger me, pain, excruciating. And every Sunday when I would relish in that symbolic act, um, I would be reminded of the darkness and the pain. And now that I'm healed, every time I partake in the table, I know how alive our God is. It's so real to me how the blood of Jesus has cleansed me and set me free. And you know, I'm a fairly new believer, but talk about our teacher and how he tries to teach us in all of our trials and tribulations. Pastor James once said that God won't protect us from the fire. He protects us in the fire. Amen. Wow.
a long stretch watching you, Donna. But uh, you, both of you, actually your whole family, it was amazing how you did keep pressing on. We're so grateful to see you in your restored health. Amen. God is a healer. Did you know that? Amen. God heals. You know, there's miraculous healings, and that happens. And we've seen it happen where in prayer, there's just a miracle, and somebody's instantaneously uh, delivered from a sickness. But most healings are not like that. Most take time and continued prayer. And uh, that's what the prayer team is about. That's what soaking prayer is about on Wednesday nights. Many people come back and come back, and you'll find many people's testimony will be, it was a gradual, gradual thing. I think in your case, Don, it was a gradual thing, right? But we don't want to lose heart. We're very excited to have Mike and Kim come on up this morning. Granderson. Where were the Grandersons? Where are they this morning? Pointing that way. Ah, I think it's... No, they're both coming up. Terrific. Give them a hand on their way up. Good-looking couple. We have all these good-looking young people around here. Uh, we're so glad. We had a chance, Joe and I had a good chance to chat with you at the, um, the last outing we had at the, for the daycare, and it was really great to get to know you guys. Um, again, uh, you're back in, on Long Island about how long now? Um, five months. About five months. Five months, yeah. Okay, and you come from, was it Arizona? Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. And um, I totally misunderstood the yes. assignment. <laughs> oh, I good. Oh, I good. thought we were just emailing our thanks and you were going to kind of act as you, so just read Oh, up. and you had no idea and you were going to be standing up <laughs> telling everybody. Yeah, well, until my text message at 8.04 this morning from oh, Joanne. Oh, well, there you go. Lynn, you Pastor go. Linda's going to have you, oh, you didn't have to go through all. <laughs> you didn't have to go through all that stress and worry about it. No, yeah. But so, we should plan to do it that way all the time. So mine's written down. But this bit. is your family, so you, yeah, you, you're, exactly. you're cool here. So <laughs> I hope that's okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So just be free. It, I'm going to just kind of read it. Um, just be free. Okay. So facing adversity as yes. Christians, as we know, is inevitable. Um, we have a choice. Will we give thanks? Will we let ourselves turn to our faith, or will um, we turn from our faith? Three years ago, Mike and I entered every parent's worst nightmare in the ER of an Arizona hospital where our then 17-year-old daughter lie lifeless after falling off a two-story roof. From that moment on, our family would never be the same. Our daughter, by the sheer miracle of God's grace, recovered from her injuries, and we are grateful to say she is now 20 years old, pursuing a college education in California. An amazing victory for God. Yes, amen. Being that the original emergency room doctor indicated he did not see a favorable outcome for his, this female patient. After Alyssa's multiple visits to the hospital, 15 specialists, and a long road to recovery, our family would remain on a journey that would include individual health conditions, the loss of our home, and other material and relational losses. However, through all that, I can say that the enemy has so set out to make us victims, we declare victory by the power of Christ. Yeah. These, these events have built our faith, taught us Jesus must Come first in our lives and has unified us as a family like never before. For that, we are grateful. 
We are grateful we serve a God of second chances, and we are glad to start our new lives here on Long Island at City on a Hill. Thank you. The one other thing um, that I think I indicated in the email and um, am so grateful for is Thanksgiving weekend was the weekend that Mike proposed to me, and so many, many years ago, and I am just so grateful. I share it with my brother in saying that um, he is my knight in shining armor. He's become my best friend since that proposal. We've come to know the Lord together. So he's become my brother in Christ and just an amazing father to our three children. So for that, I'm grateful. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Wow. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, God's deliverances come in all different packages. Where's Anita? Anita Hoffman. This is quite a story. Anita told some of us that open church on Wednesday, and we thought, oh, you've got to share this with the whole body because it's really absolutely miraculous. So how long have you been with us, Anita? Nearly 55 years, 56? Nearly five years. Five years? Nearly. feel like you've been here forever. Oh, it's not on. Oh. You know what? Take mine out for now. No, no, no. That's good. Oh, he said it's good. Okay. Oh, there you go. Um, I was able to share this testimony on Wednesday at Open Church, and I'm glad I got a practice run. So, <laughs> um, A week ago, last Sunday, um, the tornadoes that went through the Midwest, um, Missouri, Illinois, there's a few other states there, um, happened to kind of be, I guess a huge testament to God's hand of protection and safety over my family. My family reside in the heartland of the Midwest, um, in southern Missouri, right near the Mississippi River. It's right across the river from Illinois. There were 90 tornadoes that moved across that area last Sunday around noon. And um, one of them just happened to get very close to home. My family have a very large dairy farm. It's about three years old. State-of-the-art dairy farm. My family feel um, they've been called to that area, to the dairy industry, kind of on a national level for dairying in America. It's um, just an industry that needs a lot, of, a lot of help. And the farm itself is located on two portions of land. Actually, can you pause it for a second? Yeah. That's, that's the tornado that you see. <laughs> um, there's a county road that runs in, betu- in between the, the properties. There's about 1,100 acres. There's over 900 cows that are milked twice a day. It's a grass-fed dairy, so there's a lot of land. And about 700 acres are on one side of the road, and there's about 600 acres that are on the other side of the road. And um, there's a very small portion of land. It's 30 acres, it's a long, narrow strip that actually connects both parcels of land so they can move cattle in between. So along the road is a very narrow little parallel sort of um, strip of land that has several homes on it, small properties. And on Sunday afternoon at about 1 o'clock, my, um, one of my brothers, who's a farm manager, he was his day off and he was actually sleeping in his house um, on the couch, watched a movie or whatever. And the tornado warning went off. He didn't hear it. 
my other brother was on the farm. All the farm workers met at the storm shelter. There's an actual tornado shelter on the farm. And they all met there thinking, Frankie, you know, it's like a two-minute drive, like a, you can see it from his house. He, would, he didn't show up. And um, they look over towards Frankie's house and they just saw this ball of, you know, a big bowl of thing coming down from the sky behind it. And uh, this tornado actually touched down on that small 30 acres that was right behind my brother's house. It hadn't moved yet. My brother, Josh, went over there and he was saying, come on, get up. There's a tornado. My brother didn't believe him. Took them a couple of minutes to try and... What state is this in? In Missouri. It's right next to Illinois. And uh, it was kind of like just dropping right in front of them, not even 200 yards away. And my brother, Josh, he's got a real heart for intercession. He was just like, oh, my gosh, this is... I don't know what's going to happen. He just started... He just put his hand out. He's just like, just whatever God you're doing, like, you you need to show up, you know. (laughs) And they watched this tornado drop on the 30 acres, and it kind of started to move, and then it lifted, moved over the fence, dropped, and then it ran parallel in between two portions of land on this farm. My parents have lived a long Christian life. They pray that perimeter regularly. Thousands of fence posts have been anointed. You know, like, it's a very real thing, living in the Midwest, farming. This tornado t- uh, actually d- ended up destroying six people's homes. Um, no one was hurt in it. And uh, on Wednesday, the National Weather Service declared this to be an EF3 tornado with a maximum width of 600 yards. And the, the glory that belongs to God is that our farm sustained no damage. It stayed outside of the parameters. Even, um, you know, things that the tornado totally could have picked up because it was within that area was unmoved. And one of the reasons why I wanted to show you this uh, video, if you could just go back a little bit, you'll see the tornado in behind my brother's house. We have a dear Friends of our family. Can I ask you, Anita, who took this? Uh, this is my, my, one of my brothers. Your brother my, took I have it? two crazy brothers. They're like, yeah, yeah. This actually made national news. It may be on TV huh? and huh? Uh, in New Zealand. They're stoked. <laughs> like, um, but this is the tornado. That's it traveling. I mean, there's trees in the background here. You have no idea how close our family property is. This tornado is moving across. You'll see it starting to lift up. See there? It's just starting to lift up. This is the crazy bit. Right there, God protected our family friend's house. They uh, saw this tornado coming. They were escaping. Bill said, I, I just couldn't leave. I, I, just, I was watching this tornado, and all of a sudden I saw it lift up. So it lift up right over my house. It moved right to the back, and then he watched it form again, and he said he couldn't move. He said not even the leaves fell on his property. You know, he's a... And um, so this is essentially what happened at the back of my brother's house, and then they saw it do it again. And this tornado traveled a total of 19 miles, and um, their neighbor's house was destroyed. You know, it lifted up right over them and then destroyed the neighbors. But we're grateful that no one was hurt. You know, it's um, what it meant was because there was no damage on the farm, 
all the big machinery, massive tractors, big post drivers, all that stuff was available. There is a cattle farmer who has beef. Most farmers there are crop farms, so there's no fencing, none of that equipment, machinery around. He took a pretty direct hit and sustained a huge amount of damage. But um, my family were able to go and rebuild fences and all kinds of things, and so it was... Um, it was Psalm 91 just over and over, you know, and, and there was one, Psalm 91 verse 4, I just, we've been reading this constantly, you know, Psalm 91, just, it's just amazing. It just says, he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. And I just thought, I'm looking at it in that footage. And um, I just, mm-hmm. I just believe that, you know, when you're somewhere in your life and you know that you have taken an action of faith and that's been confirmed by God. God says, I want you there. You know, I've called you there. That we have to really live in faith. And I was just on my knees this week and I was just like, Mm -hmm. I worry, I fear, you know. And it's Mm -hmm. been a real lesson for me just thinking, God called Mm -hmm. you there. We need to make sure that our walk is in faith and that Mm -hmm. he will protect you. He will, you know. The safest place to be is in the center of God's will. Yeah. So, that's amazing. Now, I know some people are thinking, that's not a Missouri accent I hear. Yeah. So tell them where you're from originally. Originally, my family are from New Zealand. I married a, um, a Long Island man. <laughs> and, uh, and we've been living here um, out in Suffolk County for about nearly seven years. So. Now, wasn't there some big earthquakes where your yeah. parents lived when they were there as well? Yeah, I don't know why our family ends up with, like, these, you know, m- miracles of, you know, natural disasters. They had a horse farm there, am I correct? Yeah. Um, my mom had a riding school. Uh, you know, I come from a very rural family. Um, but, yeah, there's a... In Christchurch, a couple of years ago, there were some massive earthquakes, and it took down 10,000 buildings. Remember that in Christchurch, all over the news, yeah. a couple of years ago, the and, earthquake? You know, God had his hand on my family there, and I have a lot of family there. And One of my great aunts, she was uh, housebound. Um, she has an oxygen tank. She never leaves her home, and a friend of hers showed up that day and took her out for lunch, and her house was destroyed in that earthquake, and she wasn't so... I mean, God is so good. I just, I just think it's a great, a great thing to see, especially for the young folk. Because you think, oh, okay, you know, it's, it's hard to make a connection, but kids connect to YouTube real quick. So I just mm-hmm. thought it'd be cool to bring that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're so grateful with you, Anita. Oh, thank we, you. we bless God with you and your family. Can I just say, you know, we mentioned about the Midwest and keeping them in their prayers. Mm-hmm. So many people there have said it was. God's hand of protection that more people weren't really hurt. And um, there are stories where people were in church, kept safe. There was a congregation of about 600, and um, some of those pe- families lost their homes. They were safe. They were in church, you know, and uh, God just, it's just, uh, church is such a safe place to be, you know. I just could go on. Mm-hmm. Thank you for letting me share it. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you so much. You know, you can, the question of evil in this world, you know, nobody will ever give sufficient answer. We, we know as Christians, 
that God's will is not done on this earth. And we recognize that uh, with the fall of man, uh, forces, uh, evil forces, uh, are also uh, moving and real on this planet. And so we, it's never God's will. It's never God's perfect will that these things happen. But we believe that God honors prayer. Do you believe that? God honors prayer. Uh, and so when there's a believing prayer, God wants to protect everyone. But God needs prayer. He needs people to pray and believe him for it. Amen? Why don't we stand up and sing this song with our music group, and then we're going to have one. Jen's going to come up and share, and we're going to have the Lord's table together. Let's play that song. I love this song. today and I said this is really good it pertains to you should read it she's like no you should read it <laughs> so I find myself here um, I definitely identify with the leper story that you that you shared at the beginning um, I like many people Donna that shared today and many others in the room um, endured a diagnosis and a tough illness um, I'm two years out of breast cancer and um, many of you know that already and um, it's definitely given me a new relationship with the Lord, kind of like what he was saying earlier. And you had to upgrade your thinking and your mindset. And, um, and I have a, so as I approach Thanksgiving, I, I have just a depth of a well of thankfulness and gratefulness that I wouldn't have if, if I had not gone through that. And so I'm actually grateful for the experience to bring me to this place. Um, not really having the words to express how, how deep it runs, uh, I felt that this devotion did a really good job. And it says, thankfulness takes the sting out of adversity. That is why I've instructed you to give thanks for everything. There is an element of mystery in this transaction. You give me thanks regardless of your feelings, and I give you joy regardless of your circumstances. This is a spiritual act of obedience, at times blind obedience. To people who don't know me intimately, it can seem irrational and even impossible to thank me for heart-rendering hardships. Nonetheless, those who obey me in this way are invariably blessed, even though difficulties may remain. And it goes on, but it, it just taught me that I, st I don't stand here at Thanksgiving saying, because of all these great things, I'm thankful. I say regardless of whether things are going well in my life or not, I've been able to find great gifts in the darkness of the Lord that I wouldn't have found in the light and in the good times. And so um, it's taught me to be grateful <clears throat> whether no matter what the circumstances are. And I feel like I've tapped into some truth that I, 
don't know how to explain, but I've had a few experiences where I've sat in the Lord's presence. Um, just recently, this week, I went to the doctor. It's a, it, like Don, it's a never ending between side effects or whatever. It's a new world you live in and never evolving. And so um, I sat with the Lord and just expressed how grateful I was that he brought me through and the gifts that I've gotten from it. And it's, it's been about three or four experiences, this week being one of them, where it's, he, his presence has almost been palpable. And it has, there's some connection between just being thankful despite the hardships, despite whatever, choosing to look at the positives in it, somehow open a channel that I'm grateful I've had the opportunity so I just encourage you, whether you feel this, Chris, this Thanksgiving and Christmas, that you have things to be thankful for or not, that there are little gems even in those dark places, too. Yeah. When Jen and I were talking about this, um, you know, the title of a movie that was out years ago, I never saw the movie, but, but the title always stuck with me. There's a river that runs through it. Remember that? moving, never saw it, but the title meant something to me. There's the river of God that runs through every experience of our lives. There's a river of uh, love and grace and strength and healing. doesn't matter what the circumstance, a river runs through it, but you got to find the river. you got to find the river, and when you find the river, the book of Isaiah says the special treasures of darkness is what God gives us. And, you know, for us as Christians, we have to always underline and remind one another God's highest purpose in your life and my life is to change you into the image of his son. That is the absolute highest priority for God. How, can you look back in your life and see places that were difficult and you can look back and see that God was really doing something in, in you. How many of you would say that's true? Yeah, that's right. It's not that God wants us to suffer. It's not that God is even the author of, of things. Well, sometimes he may be, but many times he isn't. But there's a river that runs through right now, the situation that you're in, that tough place right now that you're saying, oh, yeah, you know, they don't know what I'm going through. There is a river that runs through it. God wants you to tap it. Thank you, Jen. Well, we've heard testimony upon testimony. And we're going to uh, introduce this song. Many of you know the name of this song. Just Give Me Jesus by Ann Graham Lutz wrote the words to it. No, she didn't write the words. John MacArthur. And uh, it always touches our hearts the times that it's used in this church. And we've been touched this morning. And before, before you hear that song and we're presenting the table this morning, what's on my heart after hearing many of our words this morning that go deep penetrate to our spirit is that it gives us not only an understanding <clears throat> but it empowers us to know 
Jesus this morning. You know, it's, uh, some people put it this way. What do you want to do with the most? I want to know Jesus the most. I want to desire Jesus the most. I want to be in his presence the most. I want to live in his lifestyle the most, who he is. And I picked this up in my spirit this morning to encourage us as you come to the table this morning. There's always a reverence coming to the table. But I would encourage us to come to the table just like you see people running forward at a concert that they want to get an autograph. Or they want to meet the celebrity. Well, I would approach this table in a way of reverence, but understanding, oh, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to touch Jesus through this Eucharist experience this morning of Thanksgiving. I'm going to, I'm going to stand in his presence. Can you believe that this morning? Can you touch God this morning in this wonderful place that he's in? That he's, he's all around us. You heard him through different people this morning. But he's all around us. And the symbol at this table is that he's here. Now, when you come to the table understanding that, how do you want to come to the table? How do you want to receive this morning? You want to receive with a downtrodden walk? Do you want to come to this table with an anticipation that, you know what? I'm going to cast myself on the Lord this morning for that healing. I'm going to believe God for an impossible situation that's upon us as a family. Whatever that is, we have favor with God. This representation of the risen Christ is that we have favor with Jesus Christ through every every situation. He's the God of the in-between. And I would say to all of us this morning, just give us Jesus. So when we come up this morning, come up with, with some spunk. Come, in, come up with some faith or a lot of faith to believe for every situation that's upon us. To know him deeper, to know him more. To cry out to him more. To kneel more. To genuflect. If some of you want to genuflect coming up here this morning. It's to understand that, that we're, we're in his presence. And we come this morning with that anticipation of meeting with him. As you already have all morning. So let's start that song, Paul. And let's start with the people coming from the back. But come up understanding that we're meeting with him throughout this day. But we're going to bless this table now in the name of Jesus. We ask your blessing upon it, Lord. For every voice that's been heard, for every heart that's been pricked, for every spirit that's rising up past every thought of negativity, we look to you now, Jesus, for everything that you are to us by what you did on the cross. In Jesus' name. Can everyone come forward and we'll just uh, get ready to receive just the elements. Jesus. He is enduringly strong. He is entirely sincere. He is eternally steadfast. He is immortally gracious. He is imperially powerful. He is impartially merciful. 
He is the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizons of the globe. He is God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He is the captive's ransom. He is the breath of life. He is the centerpiece of civilization. He stands in the solitude of himself. He is august and he is unique. He is unparalleled and he is unprecedented. He is undisputed and he's undefiled. He is unsurpassed and he's unshakable. He is the lofty idea in philosophy. He is the highest personality in psychology. He is the supreme subject in literature. He is the unavoidable problem in higher criticism. He is the fundamental doctrine of theology. He is the cornerstone, the capstone, and the stumbling stone of all religion. He is the miracle of the ages. Just give me Jesus. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He forgives and he forgets. He creates and he cleanses. He restores and he rebuilds. He heals and he helps. He reconciles and he redeems. He comforts and he carries. He lifts and he loves. He is the God of the second chance, the fat chance, the slim chance, the no chance. Just give me Jesus. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. He beautifies the meek. He is the key to knowledge. He is the fountain of life. He is the wellspring of joy. He is the storehouse of wisdom. He is the foundation of faith. He is the doorway of deliverance. He is the pathway to peace. He is the roadway of righteousness. He is the gateway to glory. He is the highway to happiness. Just give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. Give me Jesus. He supplies strength to the weary. He increases power to the faint. He offers escape to the tempted. He sympathizes with the hurting. He saves the hopeless. He shields the helpless. He sustains the homeless. He gives purpose to the aimless. He gives reason to our meaninglessness. He gives fulfillment to our emptiness. He gives light in the darkness, comfort in the loneliness, fruit in the barrenness, future to the hopeless, life to the lifeless, just give me Jesus. He guards the young. He seeks the stray. He finds the lost. He guides the faithful. He rights the wronged. He avenges the abused. He defends the weak. He comforts the oppressed. He welcomes the prodigal. He heals the sick. He cleanses the dirty. He beautifies the meek. He restores the failure. He mends the broken. He blesses the poor. He fills the empty. He clothes the naked. 
He satisfies the hungry. He elevates the humble. He forgives the sinner. And he raises the dead. Just give me Jesus. His office is manifold and his promise is sure. His life is matchless and his goodness is limitless. His mercy is enough and his grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous, his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. He is indestructible. He is indescribable. He is incomprehensible. He is inescapable. He is invincible. He is irresistible. He is irrefutable. I can't get him out of my mind, and I can't get him out of my heart. I can't outlive him, and I can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but found they couldn't stop him. Satan tried to tempt him, but found he couldn't trip him. Pilate examined him on trial, but found no fault in him. The Romans crucified him, but couldn't take his life. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Just give me Jesus. He had no predecessor, and he will have no successor. He is the lion, and he's the lamb. He is God, and he's man. He is the seven-way king. He is the king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He is the king of Israel. That's a national king. He is the king of righteousness. It'll change much better than listening to one of my sermons on gratitude. No, really, I sat there and said, how much more enriching and fulfilling, I think, for everyone here to listen to your brothers and sisters. This is the church. This is, this is what we always talk about. This is what has been preached for 30-plus years in this place. And it'll continue for another, Lord willing, 30 years. Well, as you leave here, I wanted to say something that I'd be remiss and has nothing to do with gratitude. Well, I guess in a sense it does. This past Friday, uh, the whole country, everyone was talking about uh, the JFK assassination, right? November 22nd, 1963. Anybody see any specials? Megan and I had watched one on National Geographic and so much information, so much news, articles everywhere. And I thought of as a Christian, it really broke my heart. Did you know that C.S. Lewis died on the same day? Yeah, I see some of your faces you did. Many of you didn't. Um, and and I, all the fanfare and all the stories, and John F. Kennedy's not one of my favorite presidents. You're, you're free to come to one of my classes and hear all the stories if you'd like to, uh, if you don't know that much. Um, but, no, really, it's really interesting that here is a man, the legacy that he has as a Christian. There weren't any specials about his life. I didn't see any articles, and maybe there were in Christian publications. But here's a man, when, when we die one day, that up in heaven, there's going to be a long line. I mean, I'm, I'm going to fight people to get to the front of the line, physically fight people to get to the front of the line. But really, C.S. Lewis, what an amazing life, what an amazing legacy. I wanted you to think about that this week because I'm the only, this is the only place you're going to hear that. Everything else will be about John F. Kennedy. Uh, so I wanted to leave you on that note. Well, have a, hey, have a great day. Fellowship, hang around. This is the body. Talk to each other. Share your lives. Pastor Linda, wonderful job. Yeah, and have a great Thanksgiving. Hope to see you th- uh, Thursday. Thanks for listening to City on a Hill's podcast. For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.